I got a question for you, Bahe. Go for it. Do you party? I party. I party. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Slumberland is a brand new film on Netflix with Jason Momoa. And I have to say, I had a blast watching this movie. Right? Let me tell you, from the trailer, I wasn't expecting much. I thought... It was just going to be another one of those things that Netflix acquired because they want content and Jason Momoa is just going to kind of phone this in. And then the more I dug into it, I was like, wait, this is directed by Francis Lawrence, which is, let me say, a weird thing, right? Like Francis Lawrence, who did Constantine, I Am Legend, Water for Elephants, The Hunger Games movies. Red Sparrow, that weird Black (laughs) Widow movie with Jennifer Lawrence, and now Slumberland. It feels like something that should be completely out of his wheelhouse, but he is so comfortable in it. Right? Yeah. And let me say, as great as Jason Momoa was in this, and I really did enjoy him, the thing that got me from the get-go was Marlo Barkley, who plays Young Nemo. She is fantastic. Within the first few minutes, you're just like, okay, I mean, Kyle Chandler's in this and that in itself. I was like, oh yeah, whenever Kyle Chandler's in a movie, I'm game. But then this little kid, oh shit, she is so good. What I was going to say about Kyle Chandler was there's never enough Kyle Chandler in any movie that Kyle Chandler's in. Even Friday Night Lights could have used more Kyle Chandler. It It needs more Kyle Chandler. In this movie, he's in maybe four scenes, five scenes or something. Less than 10 scenes, okay? For sure. And I just wanted more of him. But but you're right. I think I think Marlo Barkley was perfect in this. I kept seeing young Saoirse Ronan. Is it just me? Is it just me? Did you see that? 100%. Okay, cool. I'm not just crazy then. It's young Saoirse Ronan from Atonement. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the haircut, everything. It kind of just, it was right there. For those of you who don't know, this is an adaptation of Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, and it is based on a comic. The story might be familiar because it uses, it is one of those stories that uses metaphor as a way for children to cope with the harsh realities of life. We've seen it in things like Bridge to Terabithia, which is another fantastic film. We've seen it in A Monster Calls. Like, if it's on TV... I will be weeping like a little girl. I cannot help it. Oh, okay. It is such a great film. And Slumberland kind of follows that idea. There is a tragedy that strikes Kyle Chandler and Marlo Barkley. They live in a lighthouse and young Nemo is forced to go and live with her uncle, played by the great Chris O'Dowd. And can I just say, I love how they portrayed the uncle. Like, at first you think it's going to be one of those... uh, She's going to live with the evil step-uncle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's completely not that at all. And so she has to go live with her uncle and cope with this tragedy. Okay, you know what? It's not a spoiler. Her father dies at the beginning of the film, okay? I mean, it's every Disney movie lah, okay? And she has to go and live with her uncle and cope with this tragedy. But one night when she's asleep, her pet pig comes alive and you suddenly find her travel into the world of slumberland which is like this world of dreams where she meets Mm. flip who her father used to tell her about during their bedtime stories together and flip is this strange jason momoa with like horns and a fancy 
coat and weird teeth and he's just like hamming it up the high heavens it's great at first like seeing the trailers i thought this was going to be jason momoa doing captain jack sparrow but it's right. not it's not you know what i'm saying it's completely not he is absolutely his own thing and i just love how there's this thing that flip does which i just find both disturbing and endearing at the same time he does that old man thing of just rubbing his belly button yes it's just like it's like he's pulling down his t-shirt and just rubbing his belly it's just like oh my god but everything here has got that right that tick that flip does of rubbing his belly francis lawrence never calls attention to it. He never punches the camera into it, right? It's yeah. just a thing the character does. And there's a lot of that throughout this movie. There's a lot of restraint done on the part of, of Francis Lawrence in both keeping mystery and also letting the story play out without getting involved in it. Like it's two hours, or just slightly under two hours. And and I know mm. in your review, Bahe, you said it felt a little long, but also at the same time, it's not a movie where you could pick something to cut. Yes. Right? Yeah. I yeah. was thinking about that. And I think there is some stuff you could have cut. So for example, in the film, Nemo's got to go to school and maybe they're setting it up for a sequel, but they set up these characters at her school that don't really do much. Yeah. And I was like, actually, you could have done away with that because when they set up those characters at her school, I was thinking to myself, oh, wait, did these kids join her? on an mm. adventure are they like harry's cohorts at hogwarts you know does she have friends in slumberland i feel like all that was necessary because you need to see how much nemo was prepared to be alone he was prepared to keep jamal at arm's length you know because he does she doesn't need him because she spent the first 11 years of her life alone in the lighthouse with her father. The other thing that's really cool about this film, which I think they pull off very well, is how they grow and develop this world. Mm. Like, I felt they set out the rules for Slumberland really well. Like, they built this mythology around the dreaming, if you will, in a very clever way. Like, it's the kind of stuff that I wanted to know more of. I wouldn't have minded a series where it's like, you get to meet the dream cops and... To go on adventures with them to like find who the remaining 11 people are on that list the most wanted list i agree with you but at the same time i love that they didn't do it in this movie correct i love that we don't get to see agent green having lunch we don't get to see the rest of the bureau right because that's not important to the story of nemo and flip and her father this this thing is very beautifully crafted tight. We don't know the mythology of the nightmare. We know the nightmare is there. Also, the nightmare shows up very quickly in this. I thought that was brilliant. The introduction of both the nightmare and Agent Green as the sort of antagonist to Nemo and Flip happens very quickly. You're immediately reminded of the nightmare because... The father had told Nemo about it early in the film. Straight away, here it is. You see it. Now you go. Exactly. All of those markers are laid out and then hit upon later in the film. And then they come back around for like either to be resolved or as an interesting joke. Yeah. The flying geese in Canada, for example. Oh. Just fantastic. Very, fantastic. very funny. Even the thing about the, the flying geese, Flip mentions it. It happens. 
and then it comes back around again to be resolved as well. This is not a good comparison, but very much like like Inception, the director has shown you the three or four different worlds that you're going to visit, and that's all you see. They don't suddenly introduce a fifth one later on in the movie because you want something else to happen there. And even the worlds. The entrance into these various dreams are creative and fun. They're jumping mm. through glove compartments into toilet bowls, using weird elevators, all kinds of stuff. And I'm glad you mentioned Inception because that's what it kind of is, right? It borrows ideas from Inception and Alice in Wonderland. And of course, the movies we've mentioned before, Bridge to Arbithia, as well as A Monster Calls. And it creates this really... I think complete work like this is something I know I would have loved watching as a kid. I'm loving it watching as a grown up as well. And I think it does that thing where you mentioned the bridge to Terabithia and a, a monster calls. They feel a little too dangerous for kids. A little too dark, a little too sad. Whereas this I think hits the target market perfectly because a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old would be perfect for this. Especially when your hero is 11, 12, you know. You can't bring a 10-year-old to a Monster Calls. A 10-year-old feels a little too risky for, for a bridge to Terabithia. You can, but it will scar them for life. <laughs> it's risky, you know. You're, you're, you're putting down a deposit on a price I don't know if you're ready to pay for. But whereas here, it feels perfectly toned. It never feels too dangerous. Even when the the first world they go into, Flip calls it the classic repression dream. It's beautiful, it's colourful, but then there's a quick shift to darkness and tone and, and the monster shows up, Inspector Green shows up and there is immediately a emotional turn that is, I wouldn't even call it creepy, it's dangerous, but it's not scary. And I think that's the key to all great children's fiction, right? Whether it's on film, whether it's in books, the wonderful thing about someone like Roald Dahl was the fact that he never spoke down to children and he never hid from the darkness because he knows that children can take it. And this is a movie that balances that light and dark very well. There's a lot of hope in this story, but at the same time, some of the stuff that Nemo has to go through is pretty dire. And yeah. I think you need that. Like the nightmare, I usually don't like black cloud creatures but the way it's executed mm. the way the cgi is executed in this really works it felt frightening and i think that yeah. was important because that's the only way you can come out the other side of it and be happy right you need to face the dark first and i think this is a movie that does that really really well like i was pleasantly surprised admittedly i went into this with zero expectations but it had my attention throughout there's a lot of really a lot of really funny moments as well like like the truck driver you know which was a hilarious thing to see oh dude when they jumped into that truck dream and she goes who wants to be a truck driver as a yeah. kid i wanted to be a truck driver because lorries were the coolest fucking things yeah yeah and i'm just like i know what you're talking about no but it's it's the reveal of the joke was perfect right yeah it's this massive car chase they they struggle to get into the cab they finally bust into the cab 
And lo and behold, who's behind the wheel? A little Chinese boy. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I like tattoos and and hair spiked up, but with the glasses, a lot of it was was, was funny. And I think the tone was perfect. I think the pacing was great. It's propulsive. It never lags. It never rushes either. But again, I go back to my review. I say it felt long, but I don't know how I would have, what story thread I could have removed and, and have the same reaction to it. I think it feels long because it's so dense. There is so much happening here. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because all of it pays off. So by the time you reach the end of the film, you don't feel like it's been half-assed. And I think that's the most important thing. So there are lots of movies that we watch that feel long and feel pointless. This is not one of those movies. I think this movie is immersive enough that you will enjoy it and so will your kids. When it opens next Friday on Netflix, I say opens when it drops next Friday on Netflix on the 18th, be sure to watch it with your children. I think this is one of those movies that you can all sit down and enjoy as a family. You will have some great conversations about it afterwards, and we honestly cannot recommend it highly enough. This is one of those handful of Netflix films where you really go, I wish I could catch this in the cinema. And if you're listening to this in the United States, you can, because it's actually opening in cinemas in the US right now. You lucky, lucky ducks. Check out Slumberland. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. You can reach out on all of our social media feeds, GogglerMY. You can also email us on podcast.goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.